right, go to Luke chapter 9 tonight. Luke chapter 9. I want to preach a message here. This has kind of been on my heart lately. Um, you know, one thing, I was talking to another pastor this week, and um, you know, we were talking about just a lot of the, the attitude, the atmosphere that's in the world and even in churches today. And I was talking about how, you know, I think this is an election year thing. I think election years... We see so much bickering and so much fighting in the news that that spirit it, it literally rubs off on Christians, and it causes it can cause problems in the churches. You know, and I, I think it'd be an interesting thing to do, but go and uh, talk to other pastors who've been through splits and things. And I wonder how many of those splits happen during election years. And I got I got to think. You know, and I was thinking about. Uh, one in particular that I know for sure of that was it was during an election year, and they never have anything to do with the election. I've never seen a church split over an election, but I think that spirit it gets so bad in the in you know in our country that it literally it rubs off on people in the church, and it it does man it causes I mean a lot of division and stuff, and you know a lot of the things that I see people uh, fighting about you know. You know, I I pay attention to preachers and what they're doing, things they're preaching about. Um, you know, occasionally, I maybe I shouldn't do things like this, but I do. I'll go and I'll see what preachers are saying on Twitter and stuff. And I've I've noticed there's some you know a lot you know they do a lot of bickering and fighting with each other, and they're doing a lot this year, especially over the election. And you know, and there there's this debate going on of. Is it right for a Christian to support Donald Trump? Okay, I mean, you know, we know, you know, Hillary's evil incarnate. All right, everybody knows, you know, Christians shouldn't support Hillary, but at the same time, Donald Trump's a bad guy too. You know, should Christians support? And man, it gets ugly when you start talking about that. You know, and I've I've wondered the same thing. I've talked with preachers before, and I've just thrown questions out there, like, you know, I, I I'm not real sure about this thing, and you know, when you when I, you know, there was one time I kind of threw doubt on should we support a guy like Trump, and good night, I about got my head ripped off, and you know, and, and I literally didn't know, you know, and I think I know a little more now, but uh, no thanks to any of them, they were too busy trying to rip my head off instead of, you know, actually helping me out answering my questions. But you know, I've been asking, so I've been thinking about this a lot, and it seems like the there's a very clear reason for all the fighting and all the division, and. Uh, I've even caught myself doing some of this when you get on these subjects. And you know, I just asked the Lord, you know, show me from the Scriptures. I started searching things in the Scriptures. You know, what is the attitude that I should have about this whole thing? You know, when it, when it comes to voting, I, I am thankful that we have the ability to vote in this country. And, but, you know, no matter who you vote, if, if you do vote, people are going to make you feel guilty. If you don't vote, people are going to make you feel guilty. No matter who you vote for, people are going to make you feel guilty. You know, so how can I go and vote or not vote and feel good about myself? You know, how can I go and do whatever and vote for whoever and be at peace and feel like, you know what, things between me and God are still okay? Because no matter what you do on election day, you're going to cause some problems between you and other people. But, you know, what can I, you know, you know, I, want, I just want to make sure things are okay between me and God, whatever I do. And I know what I want to do. You know, is, is that right? And so, uh, to kick this message off, go to Luke chapter 9, verse 49. And the, the title of this message is, 
it's not about you. Okay? It's not about you. So what are you talking about? Well, you'll see as we go on with this message. But Luke chapter 9, verse 49, we see uh, you know, a well-known story here. And it says, And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him, because he followeth not with us. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. Y'all, so, here's, now, let's go ahead and get technical here for a minute. Who did Jesus give the power to cast out devils to? He gave that authority to the disciples, and I don't see anywhere in the Bible where He gave it to anyone else. Okay? Technically speaking, if you wanted to get real technical, I would probably belong to a camp that would say these guys technically were not authorized to be going out casting out devils in Jesus' name. Okay? But at the same time, when the disciples told Jesus they're doing it, Jesus didn't seem to have a problem with it. Jesus didn't seem to be real worried about it. Jesus didn't, you know, didn't seem to think, man, what are these guys doing? I didn't give them permission. These aren't my disciples. They are not, you know, following directly under my authority and under my command. What are these guys doing? You know, these guys just going rogue, doing their own thing. He didn't do any of that. He said simply, he that is not against us is forced. These guys are not working against us. Therefore, if they're not working against us, they're on our side. And, you know, a lot of people might not like that kind of attitude towards things, but, you know, there is no doubt that we have a lot of enemies in this world we're living in. Uh, and, you know, what? there's nothing wrong with having enemies. You know, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, love your enemies. Well, how can you love your enemy if you don't have any enemies? Think about that. So, there's nothing wrong with having enemies. You know, but what is an enemy? An enemy is somebody who's working against you. Okay? Somebody who's working against you, working contrary to you. And if you're doing right, there's going to be people out there that are doing wrong, working against you, and they are our enemies. So you know, there are some people that should be our enemies, for sure. There are some people, though, that they make the mistake of making friends out of people that should be their enemies. We don't want to do that. Uh, and then, but then there's other people, they make enemies out of people who should be their friends. You know, the Bible says in James 4.4, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. The world goes against the things of God. The world works against God. And for us to make friendship with the world, that makes no sense. They should be... The world is our enemy. The world is working against us. What we are trying to accomplish here, what we're trying to promote, it goes against what the world teaches. We are working contrary to each other, and we should be working contrary to each other. One thing that you hear a lot about in election years is how we all need to come together. How we all need to have unity. How we all need to be one. No, you can't mix light with darkness. Okay, What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or he that believeth with an infidel? We should be working against other people. We should be working against those that are evil. We're not going to unite with them. And so we should have enemies, but... Let's not make enemies out of people who should be our friends. There are some people out there that you know, people, especially preachers, like to pick fights with that aren't necessarily going against them, that aren't contrary to them, and yet they want to fight with them. They want to cause division. There's a reason for that. We're going to get into that. But you know, how can we know who should be our enemies and who should be our friends? And so one thing we've got to realize when it comes to friends or enemies 
You know, it's okay for people to be your friend in one area, but be your enemy in another area. Okay? God wants us to be friendly to the world, doesn't He? God wants us to love the world, doesn't He? But He doesn't want us to be friends with the world. So what does that mean? Obviously, we are never supposed to link arms with the world and go the way of the world. We're supposed to be working against that. But at the same time, we should be friendly to people of the world, trying to win them over. Okay, we're trying. You know, we want to get them saved. We want to make a difference. We and so we can be a friend in one area with somebody, but an enemy in another area. Okay, for example, you know, the modern Jewish faith. Okay, people who are of the modern Jewish faith, they are our enemies. Okay, that's terrible. You know, we're we're supposed to be friends of Jews, right? Well, you know, the Bible says in Romans eleven twenty eight is concerning the gospel. They are enemies for your sake. Talking about the Jews. Talking about the Israel. For your, but it's touching the election. They are beloved for the Father's sake. The saved ones, well, you know, they're on our side. But the ones who are those who are lost, the ones who say there is another Christ, okay, they're liars. They're working against us. They say that Jesus was not God. They say that Jesus was not the Christ or Jesus was not the Messiah. They have a message that goes contrary to the message that we're trying to get out there. So it would be wrong for us to, you know, have a Jewish rabbi come here and talk about the things we have in common. No, that that's wrong. They are enemies of ours, religiously speaking. But at the same time, if I am, let's say, I work with a Jewish person, okay, and we're trying to accomplish something. As coworkers, if we're trying to accomplish the same thing, there on the job, I can work with that guy. I can I can be I can be friends with that guy. I can enjoy his company. I can enjoy talking with him. But when it comes to a religious thing, we're not going to have any fellowship. You know, and that goes for a Catholic. It goes for Protestant religions. You know, Catholicism. Most Protestant faiths they they work against our faith. They teach faith plus works. How many heard Hillary's plan of salvation she gave this week at the Catholic Charities event? She said it. I heard it right from her mouth. She said in order to receive salvation, we need faith and good works. Right out of her mouth. She's like, I'm not Catholic. I'm Methodist. But, you know, you know, we all believe in order to receive salvation, we need faith plus good works. Boy, that is so contrary to the Bible. The Bible talks about faith without works. Faith not of works. I mean, obviously she doesn't read her Bible. But you know what? Those religions, you know, the Catholic group she was with there, her as a Methodist, they are enemies of ours when it comes to the things of God. They have a contrary message that is sending people to hell. And so we're not going to do a religious thing together with them. We have no business doing that. And you know, it's not, it is okay you know, when it comes to lost people, to not only wish them the best, but even help them succeed. Okay, it's like people think, all right, well, these people are our enemies, so, you know, I, I got to say bad things about them, I got to be mean, I got to be mean to them, I got to work against them. But you know what Matthew 5.44 says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, you know, it's so that ye may 
be children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Okay? We're supposed to do good to even those who are our enemies. And the Bible, when it tells us to love our enemies and bless them that curse you, this is not something we're supposed to do just on the outside to teach them a lesson. We're supposed to mean it. If the Bible says bless them, okay, it means He wants us to bless them. He wants us to be a blessing to them. When He's saying to do good to them, He's wanting us to actually do good to them. To help them. To benefit them. And it would be wrong for me if I, when I go to work during the week, if I'm saying, you know, if I'm being nice to all the Christians, if I only say hi to the Baptists, but if a Catholic comes along and says hi, I ignore him. You know, or an atheist, I ignore him. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna salute those who are not my brother. Okay? But at the same time, if the atheist I work with is over talking atheism and telling people there is no God, I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go and say, Hey man, this guy's right. Isn't this guy wonderful? I'm not gonna do that. I'm not going to have fellowship with that. But at the same time, the Bible tells us we ought to bless them. We ought to bless those that curse us. We ought to love our enemies. We ought to do good to those people. So you know what? Even though there's people out there that's my enemies, I can still do good things for other people. I can be nice to other people. I can be a blessing to other people. In fact, I've been commanded to do that so people will know that I am a child of God. And no one, though... you know, and The thing is... You know, nobody seems to care about their mechanic's beliefs. Okay, How many of you have ever, before you went and had your car fixed, you made the mechanic fill out a questionnaire, what religion are you? You know, What church do you belong to? All Baptists? Okay, but is it a King James Baptist? Because if you're NIV, I'm not coming here anymore. You know, we don't do that, do we? And you know, when you try to find somebody that's going to help you get your car fixed and do a good job and do it for as little money as possible, right? You're trying to get somebody to work with you. And when he's working with you, when he's providing a service for you, he's not your enemy in that area, is he? And so you know you are mutually benefiting each other and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, My barbers right now, I just found out, are Jehovah's Witnesses. And my first instinct was, I need to find a different barber. And I got to thinking about you know my last barber he was he's kind of a Baptist uh, he's a liberal Baptist he does not believe the King James is the inspired word of God he he told me that's that's ridiculous that that's the only Bible he told me that music is amoral it does not matter what the music sounds like what matters is the words the message. Eh, wrong. But you know what? I'm way closer to him than Jehovah's Witnesses. He's got salvation right, but you know what? I'm still going to Jehovah's Witnesses. You know why? They're a dollar less. I don't have to schedule an appointment. And so it's it's more convenient and I like how they cut my hair better. That's why I'm going there. I'm not going there to help their Jehovah's Witness faith. I we're we're working together. I'm helping them make a living and they're helping make what I have left of hair look nice. Okay? So I don't I don't have to go you know and declare war and go out and hold a sign out in front of their place and say these guys are a cult don't cut your hair there that that's not necessary for, for me to do that as concerning the faith they are my enemies okay but it and I I will not do any religious things 
with them. But you know what? I, I don't think I'm going to keep letting them cut my hair. And uh, I, I'm, I want to be a blessing as they as they are blessing me. They start butchering my hair. I'm going somewhere else. You know, and right and people right now too. They're constantly there's all these new companies that we're supposed to be hating because of, you know Starbucks. They're always going after Starbucks. Okay, Starbucks. You know they you know they like queers. Uh, they're against Christians. They want to cater to those people. And it's like so we, none of us should go to Starbucks. Well, how about we just don't go to Starbucks because their stuff's expensive. <laughs> to me, I mean, you know, I you know if I go there, it's to get a drink. And if it tastes good and if it's affordable, I'm in. You know that that's why we go there. We're not helping. You know, I, I don't go there to help their, you know, agenda that they're trying to push. Okay, they're in the business of selling coffee, but we get all caught up in these things and start fighting over stuff. And then you know, oh, you you go to Starbucks. You're a terrible Christian. Listen, you know, you know, when I when I had my appendix removed, I didn't ask the doctor about their faith. You know, I remember one thing. I remember I was talking to the one doctor, and they said something that implied they believed in evolution. And I was like, "Do I want to have a doctor working on me that thinks we came from monkeys?" And I got to thinking about it. I was like, "Well, I don't see any Christian doctors around here that believe in creation. I need to get these appendix out." And so, you know what? I didn't say anything. I let them take my appendix out, and they did a good job. I'm very thankful. I didn't ask them what their political beliefs were. Are you? A Democrat, or are you a Republican? I didn't ask. That wasn't what we were there for. That wasn't what it was about. And so, you know, but we do. We get caught up. We got to find out what everybody's personal ideas are, so we can fight with them over things that, you know, are different subjects for another place and another day. And there's a reason that we do that. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But you know, me being for someone in a particular area. It doesn't mean I'm in agreement with every aspect of their life. You know, it's like if you if somebody comes, who are you voting for? I'm voting for Donald Trump. Oh, so you're for you know womanizers? You're for this? You're for that? No, that's not it at all. I need. We need a different president. Do we all agree? We need a different president. Okay, we have to have a different president based on our constitution. He served his two terms. He's got to go. Somebody has got to take his place. The way our system works, there's only four people that are on the ballot. And I I gotta pick one of them. Okay? If if I want to have a pardon, I gotta pick one of those. And me saying I am going to pick this one, it doesn't mean I agree with every aspect of their life. And I don't need to be, you know, hammered and people grilling me and trying to make me defend every area of their life, I want one of them is going to be the President of the United States. Just like none of us, you know, I, I've never gone to anybody you know, like, you really, you really go to that one place for a mechanic? You, you shop at Walmart? Did you know that Walmart sells beer? Did you know that they sell cigarettes? And they have magazines there that aren't real nice that they sell? Did you know that Walmart sells some Pretty bad movies. They have they sell books there, or they sell movies there about homosexuals, and you shop there, but you phony, you hypocrite. But listen, you're not going there for those things, are you? You got to buy groceries, don't you? You 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 go to the gas station, 
They sell, they sell lottery tickets there. You realize that gambling is ruining people's lives and you go to the Shell gas station and you buy gas from that place that's helping destroy people's lives. You, you are contributing to the destruction of people's finances, destruction of homes. It causes divorce. It causes you know, hunger. No, you're buying gas. Okay, That's why you're going there. You're not buying the lottery tickets. You're not buying the beer. You're not buying the cigarettes. You're not supporting that. But people, they get all caught up in these things and it's like, man, people can make you feel bad for everything you do. I mean, we just went and saw a thing this week when we were that made us feel bad for existing because of, you know we breathe and we're polluting the environment with our breath. And it's like, I took some mints after that, but apparently that doesn't stop it. You know, that doesn't help. But anyway, uh, people are they're made, made to feel di- uh, guilty for everything. And so, just because you're for someone in a particular area, it doesn't mean you're for every aspect of their life. You know, I said I didn't choose my barbers based on their religious beliefs, but based off how they cut my hair. Okay, I don't. When I go to restaurants, you know, you know how I when I go to most restaurants, especially like a mom and pop restaurant, you know what usually the first thing is I do when I go there to see if this is the place I want to be a customer at. I try their biscuits and gravy. If their biscuits and gravy fails, I don't usually go back. But if their biscuits and gravy are good, all right, this is the kind of restaurant I might try some more of their stuff. I have never gone to a restaurant and said, "What religion is your cook?" You know, I, I, I've not done that. I don't think I don't think I need to do that. I, I don't think that's necessary. You know, no, nobody has ever, while being rescued by a fireman, said, "Wait a minute, before I let you work with me, what religion are you?" You know, how what kind of person are you morally? Are you married or are you shacking up with someone? Hey, listen, the fireman comes to pull me out of a burning building. I don't care. That's not what matters. And me allowing him to do his job is not in any way advancing his sinful life. It's not doing that at all. It has nothing to do with it. You know, and just because you vote for someone for president, it doesn't mean you endorse everything in their life. But yet, people do. They want to make every little flaw they have all about you like you're for this stuff. And what is it? What's fueling all this contention? What's fueling all this arguing? And the real problem is that we have today is that we have a world full of people looking for followers for themselves. And that's why I say this is not about you. Okay, This election right now in 2016, the candidates will tell you, hey, this is about you. This is about the American people. All right? you know, no, it's about them. Okay, it's it's not about you. It's not at all. I don't care what way they try to spin it, what way you try to spin it. This election is not about you. None of you in here are on are on the ballot. I'm not on the ballot. Jesus Christ isn't on the ballot. This is not about you. And, and but these people that are out there causing all this contention and all this fighting, they see anyone that's in a position of influence as a threat to the following that they're trying to create. And that's what it all comes down to. And they are fighting with each other over these things. And Proverbs 13.10 still says, Only by pride cometh contention. But with the well-advised is wisdom. One commentary I read in that verse says, you know, when as every man contends to have preeminence and will not give place to another. That's what it's talking about. You know what? There's a lot of people out there. They're all over online, especially that are out there, they want to have the preeminence. They want to be the one that everyone's talking about. They want to be the one that everyone goes to. And it's like, if 
a preacher gets up, and preachers, let me tell you, preachers are some of the worst in this area. Preachers, I mean, they, you don't think preachers have pride problems in many cases. Boy, you're not looking very close, okay? Many preachers struggle with pride big time. And what happens is, you know, preachers, they want to, they're, they're the know-it-alls for everything. I mean, there's preachers out there, they're giving people medical advice when they're not doc, well, they're, they got doctor degrees, but not medical doctor degrees. You know, I mean, they're, they're giving people all this financial advice, you know, and telling people how they need to do every little thing. It has nothing to do with the Bible. You know, areas that are not their expertise. But, you know, they love having followers. They love everybody listening to them. And when it comes to political things, if they go tell people, yeah, it's okay, you don't need to be embarrassed if you go and you vote for somebody like Donald Trump. Oh, man, you know, I disagree with Donald Trump and this and this and this and this. And, you know, the last thing I want is my people going and supporting him because he's different from me and this and this and this. Okay? I, I disagree with building a wall. Trump's for building a wall. No, I, I can't. I can't. Have, I can't support him. I can't tell anybody in my church to support him because he's for a wall. I'm not for a wall. Here's the thing, though. I'm not running for president. It doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> it doesn't matter what I think in that area. He doesn't care what I think. What I think in that area, and but it, people they, they feel threatened. You know, they're not going to come to me when it comes to you know political things, when how the government should be run. Well, listen, why should people necessarily come to me when it comes to how the government should be run? I'm not involved in the government. I'm not doing anything in that area. I, I don't know. I've got my opinions when it comes to you know national security and you know fighting wars in other countries. I've got my opinions in that area, but you know what? I don't have one hundredth of the information that our leaders get. I don't know what's going on in other parts of the world. I don't know how things work strategically. And so, you know, why would I be telling everybody in church, you know what, if you want to know how a president should be when it comes to things military, come talk to me. I don't have any idea. Okay? I can teach you some principles in the Bible that they should go by, but you know what, when it comes down to it, I don't know what's going on in the world. And they're not going to listen to me. They're not, they, they could care less what I say, but it's like these people, they just go bonkers over anybody in their church and anybody that they consider their followers listening to anybody else on anything. They've got to be the only ones. This is a pride problem. And some people, they spend a good portion of their lives turning everyone away from others so they'll look at them. Look at what John, 3 John uh, chapter 1, verse 9 says. Okay, John's writing here and he says, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren and forbiddeth them that would and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. And I'm telling, I'm telling you right now, there are a lot of people out there, they love to have the preeminence in the church. There's a lot of preachers out there that love to have the preeminence among preachers. They want everybody listening to them. They want all the young preachers coming to them for advice. They love having the preeminence. They want to be the one that everybody listens to. And so what they have to do to get people listening to them is they've got to get them to stop listening to everybody else. And so what do they do? 
They spend half their time online, on Twitter, bashing other preachers, bashing other groups. They, you know, they'll preach whole sermons. You know, why this guy's bad? People that clearly are not against them. I mean, it is ridiculous the way Baptists fight with each other. It's absolutely ridiculous. And the people who are leading these fights are always people that I'm telling you, it's very clear have major pride issues, major ego issues, and they are just trying to get people listening to them instead of someone else. They're trying to get a following for themselves. And this this is absolutely wicked. Diotrephes, he loves to have the preeminence. He wants everybody looking at him, and so it said, you know, that not what he was throwing people out of the church that were listening to people like John. Oh man, you listen. Listen. You ought to have the right kind of influences in your life. You ought to read the right kind of books. You ought to listen to the right kind of preachers. But you know what? I'm not going to get up here and just be a dictator. You know, don't you dare listen to you know this preacher. He is slightly different than me in this area, or that area. You know, I'm making it about me. You know, there is there is not one preacher in the world that I know that agrees with me 100 percent on everything. And a lot of preachers, they can't handle that. They can't handle somebody in the church having a different opinion on than them on something that doesn't even matter. Why? Because they want to have the preeminence. That is a pride problem. And we all know what God thinks about pride. It's wicked. It's like, man, I can't, I can't have anybody listening to these other people. People aren't going to think I'm as great. Somebody might think I'm wrong on an area. You know, somebody might disagree with me, and I just can't handle that. Why? Because I got to have the preeminence. That, that's wicked. I'm sorry. That is not right. You know, the prideful man answers everything in a way that promotes himself. Some people are all about self-promotion. What can I do to lift up my name? What can I do to you know, expand my influence and be greater and be well-known and have people listening to me? But you know, Proverbs 10.4 says, "...the wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts." Okay. He's, he, the wicked, God's not in his thoughts. He's not thinking about God in these things. Who's he thinking about? He's thinking about himself. And many people, you know, whenever somebody comes to them, it, it's all about, you know, how is this going to lift me up? How is this going to benefit me? You know, if, if somebody goes and maybe they go to this college or they go listen to this preacher, you know, is this going to attract them to me or going to make them not like me? And especially, too, if the preacher, you know, maybe you're listening to a preacher and I know maybe he's a better speaker than me. I know he's smarter than me. He has more talent than me, or whatever. And a lot of preachers, that's going to freak them out. Uh, you know, and and if, if I'm like most people, I can find something wrong with that guy. Well, I, yeah, he's a good guy, but he's wrong in this area. And you know what? That's and this is what I'm just I'm sick of this. And I don't I don't want to do it. I shouldn't have to do this. But listen, there are people out there that I like that I don't agree with 100. percent Okay, and you know what? I don't want to spend half my time if somebody asks me about them, running them down. Because if I'm running them down, it's only to lift myself up. Hey, what do you think of this preacher? Well, I think he's a good preacher, but you know, I think he's wrong on this and this and this. Yeah, he says this, but I figured out this. What am I doing? I'm lifting myself up, aren't I? Why can't I just say I like him? Why can't I just say he's a good guy? You know, and we're seeing that right now. 
Okay? It, like in the Republican Party, we've got all these leaders in there that won't endorse Donald Trump. Well, you know, I might vote for Donald Trump, but I don't know. I can't endorse him because he's got this problem, that problem. What are they doing? They're thinking about themselves. Oh, well, because if I say I'm going to vote for him, this might hurt my chances of getting elected later. This is going to give the media things they could say against me. This is going to, you know, this is going to affect me negatively. I could lose votes because of this. What are they doing? They're thinking about themselves. And listen, if you're a Republican, okay, and, and I, I don't, I don't call myself a Republican. I'm too embarrassed by the Republicans, okay. But if you are a Republican, Donald Trump is clearly better than Hillary Clinton, okay. So why can't they do that? Why can't they just say, clearly Donald Trump's a better choice? You know why? Because it's all about them. And I can't do that because I can't make myself look bad. I can't have anything negative happen to me. I don't want to lose any of my followers. I don't want to lose any votes instead of just saying, you know what? I'm just going to be a man and I'm going to do what I think is best and I'm voting for him. And we don't have to, you don't have to bring up all that stuff. You know, I, nobody, you know, I don't care what, if you tell me you're voting for Donald Trump, I am not going to think for one second that that means you're for womanizers. You know, that you're a racist or all the things he gets accused of. I'm not going to think that for one second. But everybody, they feel like they got to, you know, they got to correct themselves. They got to go and they got to explain all of his faults. And preachers do the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, this preacher, he's a good guy, but. And then they'll say all these things. Why do they do that? They're trying to lift themselves up. Well, you know, I preach this, but he preaches that. You don't need to bring that up. Is, is this guy against you? Is he preaching that Jesus isn't the Christ? Is he preaching that there's mistakes in the Bible? If he's not doing that, you know, who cares if his style's a little different? Listen, there's a lot of different styles out there. You know, you got the camp meeting preachers that, you know, they get up and they run around, they whoop and holler and do all kinds of crazy stuff, and they get done with their message. You don't always know what they preached about, but you feel real good when they're done. Okay? That's not necessarily my cup of tea, but you know what? A lot of the guys that I know that are like that, these guys are King James, you know, they're salvation by grace through faith, eternal security. I mean, they as far as I'm concerned, they're on my side. And I'm not going to go out bashing them. All oh, them shallow preachers. Oh, y'all, they don't know nothing, you know, these dumb hillbillies. I'm not I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, you know, I don't need to do that. And even, you know, even the trendies, okay? There's a lot of trendies that are out there. And you all know I'm not a trendy. But you know what? There's a lot of them. They're, they're King James Bible. They believe in soul winning. And you know they do things different than I do. But you know, I, don't need, I, don't, I shouldn't have to talk about that. I can still like that person. I can be for that person. I can be friends with that person. It doesn't, it doesn't mean I endorse every little thing they do. It doesn't mean I like their, you know, their double TV screens that they have on the front of the auditorium like every single one of them do. It doesn't mean, I, it doesn't mean I'm for that. I don't have to explain that to everybody. Well, yeah, it's a good church. You know, their music's right, their Bible's right, but you know, they they got screens in the front of their auditorium. Why do I need to bring that up? You know why I need to bring that up? Because you all know I don't like it, and I can't have anybody thinking I'm for that and thinking that it is. I'm making it all about me. That's a pride problem, and it, this kind of thing it's getting it's getting ridiculous. The Bible says in. Proverbs twenty five twenty seven, it says it is not good to eat much honey, so for men to search their own glory is not glory. Okay, I don't know what it's like to eat too much honey. I don't like honey, okay? but apparently it's not good. Okay, 
I imagine it'll probably hurt your stomach. Uh, you'll regret it later. And if you're just going out trying to seek your own glory, that's not glory. Okay, that is not good. Don't go out there trying to figure out how you can elevate yourself, lift yourself up, make things all about you. Not everything is about you. This like I said, this election has nothing to do with you. These preachers that are all out there fighting with each other and arguing on Twitter and stuff. I hate to break it to them, but this election is not about them. It's really only about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And you can play a part in it. You don't have to play a part in it. But either way, you look at it, it's not about you. People who vote, they want to make it about them. Well, I vote. I'm doing my civic duty. People who don't vote, oh, I'm not going to vote. I don't have to vote for the lesser of two evils. Okay. They're making it about themselves too. Pride. Okay. Just get over yourself and, you know, do what you think is right. If you think it's right to go vote for one of them, go vote for one of them. If you don't think it's right to vote, don't vote. And who cares what everybody else thinks? It's not about them. It's not, it's not about you. Obadiah 1.3 The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee, thou that dwellest in the cleft of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, Who shall bring me down to the ground? Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. If you want to elevate yourself, you can succeed. I know some preachers that, I mean, they have made it a mission. They have spent money. I know one preacher, man, he spends so much money just putting his faith on things and sending out stuff with his face all over. I mean, just it's ridiculous. The guy does so much to promote himself. I can't even imagine how much he's spent on this. Just getting his face out there, his name on everything, and it's just like, you know, okay, and you know, he has succeeded. I've listened to this guy preach several times, and every time I hear him preach, all he does is talk about himself. When he gets done preaching, all I'm thinking is, wow, this guy's really great. This guy's really something. And everybody, when they hear him preach, man, was that not amazing? Was that not the greatest thing you ever heard? Oh, that was so moving. I just heard him talking about himself the whole time. But he has, he has succeeded in getting it into the minds of everybody that he is like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And he's not, I don't think he's that great. I really don't. Okay? But here's the thing. You can, you can do that. You can succeed in getting yourself up there. But you know, it's only a matter of time God's going to bring it down. And I don't know about you, I'm not looking for that. Okay? You know, if I, if I fall, okay, I have fallen before. And you know what? It's not so bad when it's in private. But when it's in public, it's embarrassing. Okay? We've all had those trips and falls in public. And you know, and the more people that see it, the more embarrassing it is. And so you know what? If I just, you know, I'm not planning on falling into sin. I'm not planning on doing anything bad. But here's the thing. If I go and I get myself way up on a pedestal and I do mess up, it's ten times worse for me, isn't it? And so, these people that are exalting themselves, they're going to regret it greatly. We should not do that. It's a very dangerous thing. And so, just you know, get over yourself. You know, stop think, you know, making it all about you. You know, maybe, maybe right now, we have the sorry candidates we have because God uses sorry people. Once again, just because you choose somebody for something, it doesn't mean you're, you're endorsing Everything in their life. We've had some people do work here around the church that got to know them a little bit. They're not the greatest people in the world, not even Christians. But you know what? They did a good job on the things we hired them to do. 
we weren't supporting their immoral lifestyle. We were supporting their work that they do, you know, in, in whatever whatever field they're in. But you know what? God uses sorry people. We could talk a lot about the disciples that Jesus chose. Think about it. Jesus. Think about the twelve people Jesus chose. Also, Jesus must have been for cussing, right? Because Peter was a cussing fisherman. Jesus must have been for nakedness, because remember Peter, you know, Jesus caught him fishing naked. You know, Jesus must have been for devils, because there was Judas who had a devil who betrayed him. You know, Jesus, he was for all kinds. He was, Jesus was for doubting, because Thomas was a doubter. You know, look at all the faults his disciples had. Does anybody think Jesus was for those things? No. Jesus uses flawed people. God uses flawed people. 1 Corinthians one twenty six. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. We looked at this a couple weeks ago. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. You know what? If we found that perfect candidate that you know that was just like you, that agreed with you in every area, well, if he was that spectacular, if he was that great. And then he becomes president and he does a great job, God's not going to get the glory for the blessings that come. That president's going to get the glory for all, for all the blessings that come. Let me think about that. We do. We worked, when we start criticizing all these things, we're saying, this guy's not enough like me. Okay? But if he was, and if you are all you think you are, God cannot use them. Because God uses the foolish things. He uses the weak things, the base things, the things that are despised. Those are the things that God had chosen that no glory, no, that no flesh should glory in His presence. Proverbs 16.4 says, The Lord hath made all things for Himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. So God might have given us these two extremely flawed candidates so He can... Bless America, and we will all know that all glory goes to God. Or, He has used them. He's chosen wicked people because God, He's made all things for Himself, even the wicked, for the day of evil. Maybe God has them because they're what we need to give us the judgment that we deserve. And so having said that, Either of these candidates could go either way for the good or the evil. What it does, you know, maybe we need to stop acting like everything depends on our vote and realize there's really only one vote that matters. And that's God's. It's His that matters. And so my hope for everything, it's in my God. My hope for everything is in Jesus Christ. And on November 8th, Jesus Christ's name is not going to be on the ballot. Jesus is not ready, you know, when he's ready to rule and reign in this world, he's going to come and nobody's going to be able to stop him. And he will rule and reign, but his name will not be on the ballot. So I'm going to check a name off that's on there. I'm not going to be so full of pride that I do nothing. You know, I'm not going to, you know, brag about that. I'm not going to choose, I'm just going to choose who I want to choose. And I'm just going to depend on God fully to get America out of the mess that it's in. And when I vote, I'm going to vote for who I want to vote for. And I'm not going to worry about explaining myself to everyone on the planet. You know why? Because this is not about me. I'm not so full of myself. I think the world revolves around me and everything revolves around me. And my vote chooses. People I vote for usually don't get elected anyway. You know? And it's truth, it is, it is not, it's not about me. And so, you know, let's, Let's just get over this. 
You know, let's not get all caught up into this. You know, I can't make a choice on anything. I can't. I can't support anything. I mean, because I can't handle anybody having a criticism with what I do. No matter what you do, somebody's going to criticize you. So, make, why don't you make it between you and God? Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to stay home and not vote? Or do you want me to go vote? And if you stay home and don't vote, you, know, you don't have to brag to everybody that you were the spiritual one and you didn't vote because you couldn't stoop to you know, putting a check mark on the names of such reprobates. All right? But you know, and if you do vote, you know, don't go bragging about it. We have nothing to brag on when it comes to this. Absolutely nothing to brag on. And either way, this isn't about you. And understand, when you do, when anybody asks you about anybody, if you feel the need to point out every one of their faults and flaws, just understand what you're really doing is you're trying to elevate yourself. What do you all think of McDonald's? Well, you know, I eat there sometimes, but I, I disagree with how much trans fats that they use because I know how that's just destroying the health of America. Just say you like it or you don't like it. You know, don't use that as an opportunity to give us a speech. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm for Walmart, but or I shop at Walmart, but I disagree with the fact that they do. Th- nobody cares. Nobody asked. You know, just forget about it. Who are you going to vote for? Oh, yeah, I might vote for them, but you know, nobody cares about what you think politically. Okay, so just get over yourself and do the right thing, and don't get caught up in all these fights and things. Only by pride cometh contention. And if you do, if you feel the need to fight with everybody, it's obvious because you don't have a whole lot of confidence in what you're doing. So you've got to figure out how can I get everybody on my side? How can I get myself in as big a company as possible so I can feel like I'm right? Hey, I've learned that you know what? If I got Bible, I don't care what everybody else thinks. And I, I prefer to be the only one right. It was always, you know, who cares if you answer the question in class when everybody has their hands up? The most fun thing in the world is when they ask a question and nobody raises their hand, you get to look around and isn't that great? You know, I, I would rather be right alone than right in a big group. I want to be right either time, but so you know, I could I could care less about getting a following. That's that's that is not what it's about because it's not about me, it's not about you. So with that, let's all stand together.